Hello everyone, in this fifth episode of the EAS podcast, my fellow secretary from the Netherlands, Ardi, will interview Basanta from Nepal, who is currently studying in India. Enjoy! You can't build peace on empty stomachs. Let's bring one and one together. I watch the world from your point of view. Hello and welcome to the EAS podcast. My name is Ardi. I'm the secretary of the EAS Netherlands and normally the editor of this podcast. But today, the honor is mine to host an episode. During this episode, I'll be interviewing Basanta. Basanta, welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you, Ari. Hello. Uh, Basanta, would you like to shortly introduce yourself? Hello and namaste to everyone who is listening to our podcast. So my name is Basanta Pandey. Currently, I'm working as EAS World uh, Global Project Coordinator of Village Concept Project. Also, I am working uh, as a National Control Board member of ES India. Uh, I am fourth year student of Agriculture at Tulas Institute, Dehradun, India. So, uh, but basically, I belong to Nepal. My home country is Nepal, and I am 23 years old. All right. And what made you join EAS? Well, uh, uh, the story dates back to 2019. Uh, uh, I was just frustrated with my all academics and all because it was not going that well. And I was just fed up between confining within certain books. So I was just wanted to explore what's the world outside. So I want, I want to explore some leadership qualities and to get connected to the people uh, around the world. Uh, in that process, I had some of my friends who have already the part of EAS Nepal. So I just contacted them and they motivated me to join EAS. And after that, in 2019, uh, it was 21st December in 2019. So we had a meeting with the World Committee uh, led by Dio Gorita at that time. And then we just had a meeting and we after that, we joined the candidate member uh, to the EAS board. All right. Okay. Um, and where does your interest in agriculture come from? Okay, actually, so from my family background, uh, uh, my parents as well as uh, my uh, grandparents, they were already involved in agriculture. And actually, when I am from a village area, so uh, typically in a village area here in developing countries like Nepal and India, uh, agriculture is not just only occupation, it's the way of living your life. So agriculture is the basic part of your life. So yeah, my parents were already involved in agriculture and that uh, just uh, uh, interested me to be part of agriculture. And then I joined the agriculture as my undergraduate studies. Yeah, I completely understand. I uh, completely agree. Um, so you told that you, uh, that you are from Nepal, but you're in India uh, right now for a study. What was it like for you moving from Nepal to India? Uh, were there things that surprised you and were there big cultural differences? Yeah, actually, there are quite, uh, though India and ne- uh, Nepal are quite neighboring countries, it was the, what I expected uh, before going to India and what I uh, found was completely different because uh, uh, before that, I just used to see the India in TV, televisions, and other programs. But uh, when I, uh, so my college is typically in a typical Indian village. So, uh, the languages over there are different, so it took me quite time to understand the uh, languages, the living styles of the people over here. And especially when it was during festival season, I used to miss uh, my home a lot. So uh, I will say, not, it was not a quite different, but uh, than expectations. But uh, yeah, it was quite hard to adjust me because 
I had a new language over there, though I used to understand the Hindi uh, previously, but I could not speak. So there was this some situations like, you know, I meant to say something, but my words uh, meant another thing. So there was quite, quite uh, so in that situation, uh, it was quite tough for me for a few months, but slowly and literally and gradually. So my friends cooperated with me and then yet, uh, now I feel completely okay and relaxed in India. So uh, I'm at the final year now and this uh, four years journey has been amazing in, in India. That's good to hear. That's very good to hear. And what was it for you that made the, um, that helped you adjust to the new culture and the new, the new circumstances that you live in? Uh, yeah, maybe uh, my friends were already uh, there who were like, uh, who have quite good experience in living in India. Some of uh, my Indian friends, they are quite uh, friendly with me. They used to support me in every situation. And moreover, there were some of my classmates who always stood uh, by my side. Whatever the situation, there were some, uh, the situation were not always good. So they were uh, just helping me in the situation when I really needed the help. So yeah, the and even more, the teachers, uh, they were quite friendly to me. Like uh, whenever I need, I was in some problem, they were always there for helping me. Yeah, and... Uh, the environment was quite good over there because uh, the f- uh, people over there were quite friendly and very helpful. Whenever you need any, uh, whenever you needed any help, they were there for help. So yeah, that uh, made me to adjust in the, that environment very easily. Yeah, I, I see. That's good to hear. Um, so um, the day of release of this podcast is uh, on the fourth of April, uh, which will be on Easter. Um, so when this podcast goes on air, uh, I'll be celebrating Easter with my family. Um, however, outside your recordings, you already told me that you do not celebrate Easter. Uh, so I was wondering, could you maybe tell me a bit about festivals or other cultural activities um, that are yeah, that are celebrated in India? Yes, yeah, sure. It was. Uh, I wish you a happy Easter in advance, uh, and then certainly we do not celebrate Easter here in India and in Nepal, but uh, uh, there are lots of festivals uh, uh, in India and Nepal. So we can say that these two lands are the land for celebration and uh, joy. So almost in every month we have at least one festival going on. So uh, talking about the festivals, I will uh, talk about the main festivals that we celebrate in India. The first festival is, uh, it is called Navaratri. So it is a nine day long a celebration so in that uh, we worship the mother durga who is in the Ugarish durga who is uh, the embodiment of energy and power so uh, mostly the people go for fasting for nine days and at the tenth day it is known as Dashami, which has uh, great significance in hindu mythology so uh, it says that this is the day when uh, good power wins over the evil one so uh, that's the quite significant day for all the Hindu faith uh, here in India and as in Nepal also. And after that, there is another festival which is known as Deepavali. Uh, it is called Diwali. So it's uh, the situation or the environment of Diwali. Is, uh, uh, we can relate it to like Christmas as well because uh, in this festival you go on decorating your home, decorating with lights and all stuff. So with lights, garden, uh, garlands. So it's all about, uh, uh, it's the most joyous festival of Hindu culture. 
So, uh, according to uh, Indian culture, it is celebrated for only one day, while it is uh, celebrated for five days in Nepal. So, uh, it is mostly uh, dedicated to another form of goddess, is known as uh, Ganesh Lakshmi, who is the uh, embodiment of uh, uh, money or prosperity and wealth. So, in Nepali, there is one interesting fact in Nepali culture of celebrating Diwali and Diwali. So it's a festival not only for humans, it's a festival for animals as well. Uh, like uh, we go on we go on worshipping crow, uh, dogs, uh, ox, and then even uh, cows. So uh, it's just not a festival for humans, it's a festival for uh, animals as well. And the next festival I would like to mention is uh, Holi. So it is the festival of colors. So yeah, that, uh, that festival has just got quite significant meaning. So uh, it's believed that this is the day when, you know, we forget all our enmities between us our disagreements. So we forget all our uh, negative thoughts or our disagreements between two people and just we put the colors over one another. So colors, we can see the colors are bright. So the significance is that whatever the situation is, you just forget all the thing and put colors on other and make your life bright and cheerful. So yeah, this is the significance of Holi. So this, this uh, three festivals are the main uh, in India. However, there are the uh, people of other faiths and religion as well, like Muslims, uh, Christians, Jainism, and Buddhism as well. But uh, the uh, population of Hinduism is more so. And these festivals are quite uh, significant and joyful. Uh, so also you you can call this land as uh, also land for celebration and festivities. All right, thank you very much for this um, elaborate answer. Um, you um, already told there are some habits that or habits that they are more like yeah about the activities related to each festival. Um, but is there also, for example, certain food related to to the festivals or certain music or could you maybe tell a bit about that? Yeah, actually, there are certain food associated with every festival. Like in India, I already told about the Festival of Colors, which is also known as Holi. So there is a special sweet dish. Uh, it is known as Gujia. So it's just like a fried dumpling. So uh, you just uh, pour the uh, mixture of uh, uh, some dry fruits uh, and uh, some milk. So there is a uh, condensed milk, which is uh, known as mawai in Hindi and Nepali. So we just uh, put uh, the mixture of that dry fruit and that mawa in that dumplings and we just fry it. So it's the main uh, food associated with that festival. And uh, in Nepali culture, there are, uh, uh, so there are certain food which are uh, always associated with uh, festivals because Festivals means food for the year. So there are, uh, we have special dishes known as shell roti, which is a uh, round, which is also called as round cake. And there are some, uh, uh, there are some dishes which is made, of, made out of jaggery and uh, rice flour. So yeah, there are quite a lot of, uh, there are quite a lot of food which are associated uh, with uh, festivals. So even if we talk about uh, Islamic festivals, so there, uh, the uh, biryani, uh, it's quite famous in India, which is uh, mostly found in like Hyderabad, which is most popular place for biryani in India. And over that, there are the sweet dishes of India, especially in the West Bengal region of India, and they are quite renowned all over the world. 
for these two diseases. All right. Thank you. The food that you ate, uh, eat during those festivals, um, are most of the ingredients used for for those, uh, yeah, for the for the recipes. Are they? Is it produced in India, or um, are is that food that's typically, um, yeah, grown on on Indian fields? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, we get all the ingredients within India. So most of uh, like uh, you know coconut. India is quite India produces quite a huge amount of coconut as well as uh, it is the top exporter of sugar cane as well or sugar as well. So uh, all the ingredients that we uh, need uh, for preparing those dishes, uh, it's uh, found within India and uh, India produces quite plenty of those raw materials. Okay, thank you. Um, and is there um... Anything else you can share about the Indian agriculture, about um, the crops grown in India and um, agricult the agricultural system in India? Yeah, sure. Uh, actually, the major population of uh, India is dependent on agriculture. Like, uh, uh, approximately of sixty-one point five percent are are heavily dependent on agriculture. So most of the, them belong to only a rural part of the country. So. Uh, still, the uh, people who are living in the rural areas uh, of the country, they are not getting a proper facilities or uh, for even for agriculture. Uh, like uh, you know, we even uh, hear about the uh, uh, farmer society here in India because there are several factors uh, uh, because of which the farmers do not get proper yield. So they take heavy loan for their farming, but they could not pay back to their uh, masters. So. Uh, major so uh, there was a quite a huge problem that the farmers were doing society here in India, but uh, currently the problem is quite solved. And after talking about the agriculture systems uh, in India, so uh, there the ecosystem or the climatic uh, variation in India is quite huge. So we have the alpine region, the coastal region, uh, and the plain land. So there there are a variety of crops uh, that are grown in India. So if you talk about the high Himalayas or mountain region, so the main crops grown over there is are like a, it's mostly like a, a fruit fruit crops like apples, cherries, and all. So India is quite a huge exporter of uh, fruits as well. So uh, there were major crops grown in the plains are like it's mostly cereal crops uh, like wheat uh, and paddy, which are the uh, so India is a top exporter. Uh, I guess it's the second rank uh, for uh, paddy and wheat production. And then coming to this uh, southern part of the country, uh, uh, mostly the cultivation of rubber and uh, coconuts are done. So uh, India exports quite huge amount of uh, uh, coconut and rubber. And uh, above that, uh, so uh, India is also famous for uh, fruits so uh, you uh, i i don't know whether you have heard about the alfonso mango so india exports quite huge amount of uh, alfonso mango uh, to european countries so it has a very high uh, demanding value in the europe so india is the top exporter of alfonso mango as well after that there are several medicinal herbs in india uh, uh, which are only uh, grown like there is uh, certain in, uh, entomopathies and fungus, cordyceps sinensis. So uh, India is uh, also currently focusing on the research area for cordyceps sinensis, which has got high medicinal properties. 
so we are talking about the agriculture systems uh, india has quite diverse agriculture practices because it has uh, himalayan regions plain regions and coastal areas as well so the climatic variations are quite more in india uh, and uh, which leads to the diversified in agricultural system uh, yeah so that's uh, all about the indian agricultural system yes thank you very much that's very interesting um yeah i actually think we uh, have learned a lot about the um, the indian culture and the uh, indian agriculture agricultural system uh, today so um thank you very much for that basanta my pleasure Adi. interesting to hear about all those different celebrations special thanks to basanta for explaining this and Ardi for being a fantastic host this podcast has been edited by myself, Thomas, promoted by Festus and his team, and sponsored by Wageningen University and Research. Thank you for listening, and tune in next week to hear a story from a different continent. You can't build peace on empty stomachs. Let's bring one and one together. I watch the world from your point of view.